all the latest updates on your local and regional sports. This is Sports Talk on 92 WICB Ithaca. Hello all, and welcome to the first episode of Sports Talk in the year 2021. My name is Jack Murray, and I will be your host today. A lot has happened since our last episode, but perhaps the most important news is that students are finally back on the Ithaca College campus. This means that we at WICB are back and will have more stories surrounding local sports at both the collegiate and high school levels. We will also be having live sports casts and shows, so please stay tuned to 91.7 FM WICB for this content. Several Ithaca College teams have already started practicing, and as you will hear momentarily, some competition has occurred as well. Keep with us for more stories surrounding IC sports as they begin to occur. Our first interview today comes from our correspondent, Matt Sossler, and he interviewed men's track and field athlete, Andy Frank. Frank is a sophomore sprinter who excels both on the track and in the classroom, having been named the Liberty League Rookie of the Year last year, as well as being honored with the all-academic title by the United States Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association, the USTFCCCA for short. He spoke to Matt about the track team's intra-squad meet that took place February 13th and 14th. Hello everyone, I'm Matt Sossler and I'm joined by Andy Frank. He is a sophomore on the IC track team. Last season, he was the Liberty League Rookie of the Year. He also had a very successful interest squad meet this past week where he finished first in the 4 by 200 relay and the 300 meter dash. Andy, how has your season been so far? Season's been great. Definitely a little, little strange compared to what we normally do. But, you know, with all things given, we've been, we've been putting together a strong program and looking forward to what we can do as a team. And you mentioned the strange start to the season. You were the Liberty League Rookie of the Year last season and had a good start to this season so far. How did you stay in shape and train during the hiatus during the pandemic? Yeah, so our Ithaca track and field, as well as the strength and conditioning, gave us great programs that we were able to follow and able to train over the summer, given little resources and different resources for what people had and didn't have. But they put together a good program as well as talking to high school coach to see what he provided and felt what's best for me as well. So a lot of, a lot of resources and moving parts, but a lot of help from those around me. And you started practicing, I'm guessing around a month ago. How does it feel to be back in season? Uh, it feels great. You know, uh, I really missed this over the past uh, six months when we were able to unable to compete or train with the group. But I tell you what, that first day when I got back out there with the teammates, there was nothing like it. You know, it, it was a sense of normalcy and back to doing what, you know, I love to do. I've been doing track and field since fifth grade. So I, I was very happy to get back out there. And even if it was just training and because our indoor was canceled competition wise, it was still great to just get back out there with the guys. How has practice been different this year as opposed to last year? Right, so training's definitely been different when it comes to COVID protocol. So we can't run the practices the normal way we used to, where we have everybody line up together and do the workout at the same time. So we've had to impl imp uh, implement pods and kind of different workout regimens where we'll change how we work out, but the nature of the workouts are still the same. So we still get the, the quality workouts that we can, and we're very lucky to have the A&E to be able to do so. 
and you had that interest squad meet this last week. How did it feel to get back on the track in a competitive setting? It felt great as well. Uh, c- competing uh, is something I, I truly love and nothing like it in track and field when it's you head to head with another person with nothing but uh, your time's on the line. Like track is very black and white of you beat him. There's not really not much else to it. So even if it's an inter-squad meet, you know, it's, it's better than nothing. So I was very happy that we had the opportunity to compete, even if it was against our, our teammates. And you mentioned the uh, nature of an inter-squad meet as opposed to an actual meet. How do you prepare differently? And is your mindset different for one meet versus the other? Yeah, so it's definitely a little bit different to prepare for because you train with these guys that you're competing against every day pretty much five days, six days a week. So the preparation's a little bit different. Um, for me, it's more intrinsically, I have to get myself almost to prepare to the same level of an actual big invitational or one of the bigger meets such as nationals and stuff like that in order to kind of replicate the same intensity and have the same dedication to go out there and give everything you got, even if it's your teammate that you work with every single day. And it's an uncertain season a lot of things up in the air what are your personal goals and what are the team's goals for either this upcoming season if you're able to compete either that's indoor or outdoor or even if you have to keep competing against each other until the next academic year what are some of the goals yeah um, a lot of these goals have been intrinsic because of this lack of outside competition so for me I just want to be the best runner that I can and push myself and those around me to be the best athletes as they can as well and be somebody they can look to and have them as like a consistent rock that say, okay, he's doing this right, let's all do it together. So I think we're very team oriented and that we look forward to this outdoor um, season, hoping to compete and give our all. And, you know, we should have a very competitive team this year. So I'm looking forward to what this team can produce. Awesome, Andy. Thank you so much and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you as well. Take care. That was, again, Andy Frank, sophomore on the Ithaca College track team and reigning Liberty League Rookie of the Year. For WICB Sports, I'm Matt Sossler. Thanks, Matt, for this interesting interview. It's always nice to hear from the stellar athletes that participate on South Hill. Hopefully, Frank is able to continue to build upon his success this spring if everything goes well with having that season occur. There's currently no exact date for the start of the spring season for the track and field team, but having these intra-squad scrimmages should be extremely beneficial in preparation of when they finally get the green light. Next up for you, we have an interview from Clay Davis where he spoke to Michael Seitz and Jay Klein of the Big Red Sports Network about their documentary on former Cornell men's lacrosse player George Boyardi. Boyardi was a four-year starter on the team, was one of the four captains in 2004 when he was struck in the chest with a lacrosse ball during a game against Binghamton University and sadly passed away as a result of the injury. They spoke to Clay about the production of the documentary and how Boyardee's legacy has lived on within the Cornell men's lacrosse program. George Boyardee was a Cornell lacrosse player during the early 2000s. He was named Rookie of the Year in his first collegiate season and was the fastest player on the team. In high school at the Landon School in Bethesda, Maryland, he earned four letters in lacrosse as well as four letters on the hockey team and three on the football team. Things were looking up for Boyardi until March 17, 2004, when tragedy struck. 
In a game against Binghamton University, he was struck in the chest with a lacrosse ball late in the fourth quarter. Boyardi was rushed straight to Cayuga Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead at 6.44 p.m. Boyardi was remembered fondly by his teammates and coaches, stating that he was one of the hardest workers on the team. 17 years later, Cornell University students Michael Seitz and Jay Klein made a documentary called The Boyardi Effect to commemorate his legacy. I got the chance to interview them this week about the process of making the documentary. Getting right into it, guys, um, what was the inspiration for creating the documentary? Yeah, so the inspiration behind the documentary actually came through a mutual friend of ours. Uh, we BRSN on campus is pretty well connected to the athlete scene and Cornell teams. So one of our friends who was organizing George Boyardi's annual 21 run in his honor for the lacrosse team actually reached out to us to participate. And I actually ran in the run to raise some money for the foundation, uh, 21 run and Mario St. George Boyardi Foundation and figured that I would leverage the Big Red Sports Network uh, resources and storytelling capacity to really bring this, you know, wonderful cause and program to light. Awesome. Jay, do you have anything to, to add on that question? Yeah, I'll, I'll just say that the big thing about, about the Big Red Sports Network is we, we want to go beyond the box score and tell the stories mm-hmm. of athletes. Um, we don't we don't just do like the game recap or what happened, but we tell them that the startup the that the athlete has or that they're struggling with like you know mental illness. We really try to um, you know uncover the stories of the athletes, and this was a perfect way to do that. Yeah, I think with this documentary, you guys did a good job of incorporating a lot of interviews. Is that the direction that you guys wanted to go for? in terms of um, the documentary style? Exactly. We wanted to get as many voices, different perspectives as possible. I mean, obviously, George Boyardi tragically died in 2004. So it was a long time ago. So getting his teammates who he actually played with and knew them from childhood is great. And getting people on the current lacrosse team who never met him, but his legacy is still you know, everlasting, I think is such a unique contrast and juxtaposition that shows how powerful um, you know, he really was to the team and still is to this very day. And I would just add that, you know, having Coach Busick, current head coach Connor Busick, who was both a, a recent player and recent graduate of Cornell University, current pro lacrosse player, and also in his head coaching capacity, kind of bridges both gaps. Although he didn't play with Boyardi, he has the kind of veteran perspective and has been around the team for so long now and really helped to make this piece what it was. Yeah, so you guys obviously talked about um, the different teammates that he had and some of the new and current players that they have. What was the process in terms of finding these players? And um, was it was it difficult to find them? Where, where were they located? Obviously, it's hard to find these people because of the pandemic. So did you guys run into challenges there or anything like that? Yeah, so as I said before, BRSN is a club full of student leaders, but also student athletes on campus. So a number of Cornell varsity student athletes actually sit on our executive board, work with our different departments and teams and participating in some storytelling initiatives of their own. Uh, for this particular documentary, we were friends with the lacrosse team. We had worked with them in the past. We had great relationships and we did our best to leverage those. Uh, I will say that uh, that's not the case for every single project for, for this. You know, we had a wonderful network uh, as well as, you know, working with Cornell Athletic Communications in terms of reaching out to the alumni besides the current players and coaches. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. That's really great that you guys were able to have that connection going. So with this documentary, was this your first documentary that you guys that you guys made or did you guys make documentaries before this as well? So we actually made a documentary last semester in the fall. It was really cool. It was for the WACA March, which stands for Women of Color Athletics at Cornell. And they're fighting for uh, racial justice and just better treatment on campus. 
So we actually filmed and, and did the march with um, the student athletes and interviewed them as well and made a documentary. So it was super cool. It was around four minutes long. And this one we thought was just such an incredible story. We had to make it even longer. So it was around nine minutes, but we do have some experience in going forward. We want to continue just telling the stories of, of more Cornell athletes. Awesome. That's, that's really great guys. Um, in terms of the message that you guys want from this particular documentary, what, what do you want audiences to know, or what's the message that you guys want um, audiences to take away from this documentary? You know, I, I think Clayton, we're at such a critical juncture right now in life at college. So whether you're at Cornell, whether you're at IC or you're at a nearby school, you have sports teams and friends that are student athletes and everyone is really dealing with the pandemic def uh, differently. You know, Student athletes have had their season canceled. Uh, student leaders and students in general have been trying to uh, deal with different ripple effects of the pandemic. And this is really critical time in, in terms of introspection and really looking within and within your friends, within your family for support. And we think that this documentary, being that the Cornell lacrosse team really rallied around someone who who honestly, whose story was born out of tragedy with a with tragic death on the field. And they could take that and transition that and really rally around them and galvanize this into something positive, into community service, into a philanthropic foundation. There's something to be said for that. And it's an uplifting tale that we need at this time now more than ever. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously you talked about some of the organizations that were included with the Boyardi documentary. Can you just talk about some of those organizations? Yes, yeah, so the, the Cornell lacrosse team works very closely with the Ithaca Reading Partnership as well as Teach for America. In honor of George's memory, the foundation has given in the past to support scholarships for Teach for America, particularly in South Dakota, which is where George Boyardi wanted to go uh, after graduating Cornell and teach there. So the team continues to make an everlasting impact on the Ithaca area uh, and even volunteers some of their weekends in soup kitchens and different food drives and, and stuff of that nature as well. That's, that's amazing, guys. Um, yeah, that's really great. Now, looking past the documentary, in terms of you guys, um, obviously you guys made a great documentary here. What are your particular personal aspirations that you want to accomplish and goals that you want to accomplish for the rest of your time at Cornell? I, I think it's honestly just, you know, continuing to tell the stories of athletes. I, one of the great things about the Big Red Sports Network is that, you know, it's obviously a sports organization, but the skills you learn, they're really transferable to any industry. We have alumni and law and business in the sports world or, you know, even in, um, you know, like, like marketing in the industries that might not initially seem so relevant. So I think it's just continuing to, you know, tell the stories of athletes and see, see where that takes us. That's really great. And for you, Michael? I would just add that, again, leveraging the student athletes that we already have as part of our organization, you know, they, as I said before, have storytelling to do um, of themselves and they want to participate directly in that. So whereas, you know, typically you have a question and answer interview format with student athletes, now we're transitioning and, and kind of putting the power in, in their laps and saying, here, why don't you take this podcast and have this platform to really interview people that you think are relevant stakeholders in the community? So we're, this, this coming semester, we're releasing a podcast called Amped, Amplifying the Voices of Minority Student-Athletes uh, on and off campus, those being from different identity groups that include Black student-athletes, female student-athletes, first-gen, LGBTQ+, the list goes on and on. But this podcast in particular is hosted by two current uh, Cornell Varsity student-athletes, 
and from those identity groups. So we're really excited to really be putting the power in their hands to take, take over this media platform and really tell these stories. That's amazing. Um, do you know the players, do you know the names of the players and also some of the um, guests that might, um, that might be on the podcast in the future? Yeah. So our first season actually will be released very soon. And it's, it's done by Kari Price, who's on the, uh, the women's tennis team. She, she's a junior and we've already filmed our first episode where we, where we interviewed someone on the football team and an, another student athlete and talking just about how COVID has impacted, you know, racial justice efforts and just kind of um, advocacy in general. And then we have Finley Frechette, who is going to be hosting the second season. And she's actually a dual sport varsity athlete, both on hockey um, and field hockey. So hockey, hockey and women's lacrosse. Dude, to sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, no worries. Women's yeah. lacrosse. Oh, that's yeah, really so I, would just, I would just add, I'm sorry, Clayton, but you yeah, know, this, go ahead. Been, You're good. Uh, this podcast in particular with, with AMP is, is really special. And aside from the current student athletes we're surveying on campus, we're also tapping into some nonprofit networks uh, and corporate sponsors. So we're partnering with the You Can Play Project, which is an LGBTQ, excuse me, LGBTQ plus athlete alliance group uh, that works with NHL among other professional leagues. And they're sponsoring an episode and may have a special uh, guest on, on one particular episode. So stay tuned. We have a lot of exciting guests in the future and we're really looking forward to the launch of this podcast and hope as many people can tune in as possible. That's, that's really amazing. Um, do you guys know where the pot, where we can find the podcast, where it's going to be located? Yes. Yeah, so you can find it on all podcast platforms. Uh, our easiest way to get to our content is bigredsportsnetwork.org. Uh, as well, you can find us on Instagram. It's Cornell BRSN. And, and the podcast will be, again, on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Big Red Sports Network or AMPED, A-M-P-E-D. Awesome. That's really great. Um, finally, for you guys, um, you guys made an incredible documentary. Um, two, two last questions for you guys. One is that, um, what, are, what do you guys, after you graduate from Cornell, what would you guys like to do in the future? I mean, so, I know it's a tough question, but. No, I know um, it's a tough I'm question. Wondering. I'm honestly super interested in like the intersection of sports and business. So I'm also in a couple of business clubs um, on campus. So I'd love to work for a league like the NBA or even my favorite team, the Brooklyn Nets in, in some capacity there. That, that, that would be um, a dream come true. And for you, Michael? Like Jay, incredibly interested in the intersection of sports and business, but I would actually go a step further uh, in my personal case and say, I really love helping people and telling their stories. And if I could have the marriage of that through actually taking action uh, upon you know, those stories being heard, I think government uh, and public service would make the most sense just to you know, forward these causes on the agenda, but also have some, some real impact. Something that BRSN, as I mentioned with our nonprofit work and, and sponsorships and business strategy team has been working incredibly hard on to kind of uh, elevate that to maybe a government public policy level, that'd be wonderful. That's awesome. That's really great. Um, yeah, last question for you guys. Um, where can we find um, the documentary um, for uh, George, Bo George Boyardi? So you could find the documentary on our, on our YouTube page. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong again, but it is Cornell BRSN. And you could also find the documentary on our Instagram, which is at uh, Cornell BRSN. Um, Sorry, the YouTube page will be the Big Red Sports Network, but Instagram is going to be Cornell BRSN, and yeah, you can find it there. Um, and and it will actually, it's all actually also on our website, which is BigRedSportsNetwork.org. 
make sure you check it out. We've, you know, it's a joy to talk with you tonight, Clayton, but we've also heard some words of support and, and wisdom from Rob Pinnell, who is a current pro professional lacrosse player, uh, head coach Richie Moran, who is one of the most legendary head lacrosse coaches of all time, um, as well as, as Paul Corcaterra, who is at ESPN and, and mainly covers lacrosse there. So some big names have given us shout outs and we want to be extremely uh, appreciative of, of your time tonight, Clayton, radio station at the college. And we're really looking forward to uh, putting out some more work and hopefully chat with you again soon. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, really looking forward to the, um, some other work that you guys are doing. Um, my thanks to Jay and Michael um, for WICB Sports. I'm Clayton Davis. Thanks, Clay, for that interview. The documentary medium can really be an effective way to tell stories like Boyardi's, and it was super cool to hear about how this documentary is developed and what they learned about Boyardi's impact and legacy. Before we end off our program, it was just announced that the Ivy League has officially canceled their spring 2021 sports season. And this has dire implications for not only Cornell University, but also Ithaca College and the Liberty League as a whole. I would like to discuss the background of this decision, give my opinion on it, and then relate it to Ithaca College and the Liberty League. The Ivy League has consistently led the way in canceling sports due to the overlying COVID-19 pandemic that is raging throughout the country. They were the first to cancel their league basketball tournament back in March and also canceled first for both the fall and winter during this academic year. To some, this reflects strongly on the morals and ability to not put athletics ahead of the overall institutions. If that is how you feel, then you have every right to, to that opinion. But it is also accurate to say that they have missed out because of these decisions. The March decision was without a doubt the correct move, as the whole sports world followed their lead. However, sports have been able to succeed in the fall and winter, and nothing disastrous has occurred. The fall was definitely a bit of a strange time to be participating in college athletics, but those who did found success. In the winter, sports like basketball and hockey participated with the teams who were willing to and have seen limited COVID-related issues. It hasn't been perfect, but it still could be declared a success. What stings the most is that both Cornell hockey programs, the men's and the women's teams, were expected to rise to the top of their respective leagues, but were unable to participate while most other schools in their sports did. This leads to transfers and recruits decommitting and overall less athletic talent heading to these Ivy League schools. Also, the spring sports are all outside, at least for Cornell and Ithaca College, and can be allowed for proper masking and social distancing it seems like an early decision for the Ivy League to make. Looking at Ithaca College athletics, the Ivy League decisions have mirrored the Liberty League and many Division III conferences around the country have taken the same measure. I believe Ithaca College athletics are taking all of the right precautions so far to ensure a safe, competitive sports season that does not endanger the campus community, and they should have every opportunity to pursue competition this spring season. This is complemented by the fact that the Liberty League consists of entirely schools located in the New York State. So all member schools are following the same state guidelines. This season deserves to at least have a chance to happen. And it would be a shame to see students graduate having only participated in two full collegiate seasons. Now, there is plenty of sports coverage, not just on this half hour every Sunday. 
During the week, you can catch sportscasts on both WICB and VIC. Here on 91.7 FM from 6 to 8 a.m. noon and 2 to 5 p.m. at the 46-minute mark of the hour. And on VIC, tune in from 6 to 8 a.m. noon and 2 to 5 p.m. at the 28-minute point. Starting next weekend mornings, you can get an earful of sports talk shows with hosts discussing topics ranging from local to professional sports on VIC. From 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., we have you covered with a variety of shows. Well, that does it for this edition of Sports Talk. A quick thank you to Manager of Radio Operations Jeremy Menard, WICB Station Manager Sam Ives, and WICB Sports Director John Vicari. I'm Jack Murray. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday night. Ithaca Now is coming up next.